Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father, we just want to thank you and bless you. Lord, in a few minutes, challenge us with the instructions you have given us as a people, Heavenly Father. Uh, help us to obey them so that we see the manifestation of your goodness and your mercies in Jesus' name. And together we say, Amen and Amen. Praise God. Amen. The first Sunday of the year, um, and uh, as we start the year, uh, we want to be very clear about God's instructions to us. And as I thought about this Sunday, um, what was laid clearly on my heart is a phrase that I use often. We serve a God who answers prayers. Um, I wish there was a way I could take in my heart the conviction that I have concerning that phrase and put it in your heart. Of a truth, we serve a God who answers prayers. You see, it is God's default mode concerning his children to answer their cries, their petitions, their prayers, and their supplications. It is almost like God can't help himself. When a child of his cries out, he responds naturally. It's just the only way he knows to respond to our cry for prayer. If you really look through the Bible, it is really a book of answered prayers. I've said it before, that there are probably three direct prayers that were not answered directly out of the thousands in the Bible. And we are glad that they were not answered. One of them, of course, was Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane for this cup to pass from him. How many are glad that prayer was not answered? Because your salvation and mine is because that prayer was not answered. The second one would be the thorn in the, in the flesh of Paul. And in a sense, it was answered because what came as the answer wasn't what Paul wanted, but the answer was grace to carry through that, that prayer. But the Bible is replete from Genesis to Revelation with prayers that are answered page after page after page. The message God wants to get across is that concerning you and I, he hears our cries, he responds to our cries, he's a God who answers prayers. The times he doesn't answer prayers, he's very specific about why he doesn't answer prayers. He says he won't answer it when we pray amiss to consume it on our own lust. He doesn't answer selfish prayers. He also says that Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2, it's not because he doesn't hear, it's not because his arm is short, but it's simply because we have allowed sin to block the passageway that when, when we cry out through which the answer comes. But as long as we're not in any of those categories, then God answers prayer. It's his default mode 
The golden rule of prayer, and it is a golden rule of, of prayer in Matthew, the seventh chapter and the seventh verse. Ask and you shall receive. There's no, no qualification to that prayer. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Jeremiah 33 verse 3, call unto me, God says, and I will answer and show you great and mighty things. By the time you go through all the scriptures, you come to the conclusion that the challenge, the problem is not a God problem. The problem is a, is a people problem because we don't call like we should. And when we do call, we call about things that are not part of God's plan, God's purpose, or God's will for us. But the Bible is clear. Church, you just have to accept this, that if we call concerning things that are God's plans, God's purpose, and God's will, God will answer our prayers. Amen? And to, 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 to help us, he has given us himself, his spirit, who makes intercession for us, who, who galvanizes us in the place of prayer. And thank God for the gift of speaking in tongues where you can speak mysteries about things that you don't know about, but you can talk in a very direct, eloquent, clear way to God about things that your mind doesn't yet understand as he listens to your cry and answers your prayers. You know, he answers our prayers to the extent that he even answers our prayers before they are even formed as words on our lips. Can someone celebrate God? While it is yet at thought in your mind, he has already answered the prayer. Whilst it is just a cry or a sigh, he has already interpreted that as prayer and answered our prayers. He says as a protocol to life. He says in Philippians, the fourth chapter, and I want this to be what guides us this year, 2023. He says in Philippians, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. What's coming in January, February? What's coming in May, June? What's coming in September or October? Whatever is coming, please remember we started the year saying to each other, be anxious for nothing. Amen? Go and say that to the person next to you. Be anxious. Now, now say it this way. Say in 2023, be anxious for nothing. And then what do you do if you're determined to be anxious for nothing? He says, but in everything, someone say in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard, one translation says, will garrison your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How do I deal with this year? Firstly, no anxiety. Why, why should I? How is it possible not to have anxiety? The moment you take your eyes off the circumstances and put your eyes on God, the moment you fully understand that all power belongs to God, the moment you understand that he sees the end from the beginning, 
When you understand that you might be on the 1st of January, but trust me, God is already on the 20th of May and he's on the 15th of October and he's waiting for you on, at the 30, on the 31st of December 2023. He's already there. You see, we function in time. He functions out of time. So when you align with him, there's no cause for anxiety because what is coming is not a surprise to him. He's already there. If truly each of our lives is a book, the book is not being written as we flip through the pages. The book has been authored and has been finished. The privilege is that he allows us to walk through the pages. And if he authored it and finished it, the enemy can change any chapter, change any sentences, because in God it is finished. Can someone say amen? amen. And so when we put our eyes on him, there's no anxiety when we fix our faces on him like flint, there's no anxiety. When we anchor our walk on the word of God, there's no anxiety. There might be facts, but how many agree with me that the truth trumps the facts all the time? And that the truth will overcome even the facts. It's a fact that I'm not well, but it's a truth that by his stripes I am healed. And so he says, be anxious for nothing. Calm down. Amen? Amen? Say to the person next to you, calm down. <laughs> Say to them, chill. chill. Say to them, relax. relax. Say to them, he has it covered. Has it covered. But hey, he doesn't say, chill. Drink a pina colada. Wear your glasses, your sunglasses, and lie in some basking in the sun somewhere. No. He doesn't say that. He says, in everything, no matter what it is, by prayer, general prayer, constantly praying, and if there's something, if there's anything we're going to do this year, believe me, if you're going on this journey with me, you will pray until you know you have prayed. Uh, somebody said to me, I was in Nigeria, someone said to me, you've changed a lot. I said, really? He said, you're not how you used to be. I said, maybe, maybe I've just got a bit older. And they reminded me about how I used to be. And I thought, you know what, I've missed that ago. So this year, I'm going back to how I used to be. <laughs> Amen. I know Mark is happy about that. Mark has, Pastor Mark has been praying for that. We prayed. We prayed, heaven knew that some people were praying. We prayed, we prayed, we prayed, and we prayed some more. So this year, if you're going on this journey with me, you are going to pray and pray and pray and pray some more. And the reason is because I just know he answers prayers. It's his default mode. Doesn't he say, give me no rest? Until I make your Jerusalem a praise on earth. What does Jesus say in Luke 18 verse 1? Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And then he tells this amazing story that really has at its core an instigation to relentless prayer. Until God does what he has purposed to do. 
So prayer is not us manipulating God. Prayer is us aligning with what God has planned for us. Because that's the way that he has determined that we invite him into our circumstances. So he says by prayer. And then he says by supplication. So what is the difference? The difference is in the detail. Prayer can be general. Supplication is very specific. It hits the nail on the head. It's not God set me free from debt. It is God. The credit card is 7,000 pounds. The mortgage is 120,000 pounds. The friend I borrowed from and I've been avoiding in church is 220 pounds. The total God is this. That's supplication. It's a specific request. And then it says, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. So the protocol is prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. And a lot of people miss the thanksgiving. And what is he saying with thanksgiving? He's saying as you're bringing this prayer request, be grateful. Yeah? Be grateful because I have commanded you, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, that in all things you should give thanks. I've commanded you, Ephesians 5 verse 20, that for all things you should give thanks. So as you're coming, don't come with an attitude. Look at your circumstances and thank God that you even have the privilege to come before a throne of grace, not a throne of judgment. Be thankful. Be thankful. As you're approaching that throne of grace that the Bible describes in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, marvel that what you see around you are gifts of grace. Marvel that the stairs you're climbing are stairs that are stairs of grace. Marvel that someone like you could be allowed so close to a God like him. Marvel that the scepter that is extended to you as you kneel before him is not a scepter of judgment, but it is one of grace. Marvel that a sinner like you could qualify, because, not because of your work, but because of the finished work of Calvary, to stand before a holy God. Marvel that he hasn't judged you. Because if he, if, he, if he was the God of the Old Testament, none of us is alive today. Marvel that Christ came so that that judgment would cease and grace would apply. Don't abuse the grace. Marvel that that grace was extended to you. Come with thanksgiving in your heart. Yes, I'm believing God for a husband, but thank God that you're in a position to believe God for a husband. If you were lying in a hospital and you were in a coma, your prayer point would not be husband. If somebody came to you and said, can we pray for husband? If you could, if you could connect with the person, you say, just forget the husband. I just need to get out of this place. So thank God that you're, you can even come to the prayer meeting to pray for husband. Amen? And then you're married, you're believing God for a child. Before you start coming with an attitude, thank God that you're married. There's somebody else who's saying, Lord, give me the husband don't worry about the child. That's how life works. So come with gratitude wherever you are. You've lost your job. Marvel. Be, uh, have, be thankful that you can fill another application for another job. And be thankful for the job that you had. Just come with a heart of thanksgiving. And then part of that thanksgiving is also a thanksgiving by faith. You see, because the Bible is very clear. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith it is impossible to please God. 
For he that comes to God must believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when you come with, with thanksgiving by faith, it triggers something in heaven. Because what you're saying to God is, I trust you to keep your promise. I trust you, you're not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should change your mind. You have said it and you'll do it. I'm going to thank you as if you have already done it. That's what makes Jesus turn around to this, when the centurion says, you don't have to come to my house. Don't worry about coming to my house. You're God. Just say the word. And Jesus turns around and says, have you ever seen a thing like that? May heaven marvel at your faith. May your faith in thanksgiving touch heaven. Can someone say amen? Amen and amen. So, we're going to do a few things today that God has laid on my heart, just following instructions. The ushers are going to give you a sheet of paper. And on that sheet of paper, you're going to duplicate it. You're going to write five prayer requests. Five. Somebody says, why five? I kind of feel that God laid it on my heart as five because that five symbolizes God's grace. It's the number that symbolizes God's grace, God's goodness, and God's favor towards us as human beings. 318 times in the Bible, it is referenced, that grace of God towards us as human beings. And so we're going to write five prayer requests. The prayer requests are going to be, the first three will be personal to you. The first three. One of those first three will be directly related to your walk with God. Yeah? A prayer request concerning your walk with God. It will differ for each one of us. But if that prayer request is answered... It propels you into a new level in your walk with God. Uh, am, am I, are the instructions clear? Yes? Please talk back to me if you're here. If you're online, talk back to the, 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 the hosts and the hostesses. So three prayer requests. Personal prayer requests. We're standing on them for this year. God answers prayers. I'm believing God by faith that I will listen to your testimony. As you share what God has done. So three prayer requests, first three. One of them directly related to your walk and your relationship with God. To you dining with the king. Yeah? The fourth prayer request relates to this church, if you're in this church, or your local church. Yeah? Something that God has laid on your heart. For us in this church... It's, it's obviously going to be tied with what we feel God wants to do as the new for us in this church. Whatever it is that God lays on your heart concerning this church as a prayer request. That's number four. The fifth prayer request is for salvation. Salvation for members of your family who don't yet know Christ. You are not going to heaven and a member of your family is going to hell. It's not going to happen. If you're going to heaven, your family is going to be in heaven. Can someone say amen? And so we're going to stand on that. We're going to just believe God for that. So your salvation for your family members and then salvation for 
your friends, not more than three in this particular instance. And, and the reason I'm saying this is that as part of what you're writing, you will write their names. The names of the members of your family that you're believing God for salvation and the names of, their, of, your, of, of your friends. And you will duplicate it so that you keep a copy. You're going to give us a copy. We are going to use it as a point of contact all through the year. Now, they say that five is the number of grace. They say when you multiply five by five, it's a multiplication of grace. The Bible actually calls it in John 1 verse 16, grace upon grace. Yeah? If you look at John 1 verse 16, it says, uh, And of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. As one translation would put it, it says, the Passion Translation says this. Can you, can you look at this scripture? Can you put it up in the Passion Translation for me? This is what I'm believing God for, for us this year. And now out of his fullness we are fulfilled. You will be fulfilled this year out of the fullness of God. And from him we receive grace heaped upon grace. Yeah? So five is the number of grace, five prayer requests. Grace heaped upon grace. So for, for, for five, that number of grace, grace upon grace. Now, how is that going to work practically? 25 times this year, we are going to gather to pray over this request. In between, you're praying about it. And as leaders in the church, we are going to take turns to stand in the gap for you over this request. Yeah? Basically, we are going to bombard heaven with prayers about these things that you're putting down. Um, as leaders, we will take we'll, we'll run rotors where we are standing in the gap, pray, praying for you. That's what intercession is. We are praying for these things that you're writing. Please don't write selfish nonsense on that sheet of paper. Don't cancel your prayer request. Don't, don't pray amiss. Yeah? Please, let it be what you know, as far as you know, the Spirit of God is leading you to write, yeah? And 25 times, grace upon grace, uh, we will gather together, um, physically or virtually, and pray into those requests. And by the end of the year, um, I, I, am, I have no doubts that there'll be testimonies. Now, the, the last condition, please, is that you must share the testimonies. It's conditional. Um, the reason is practical and spiritual, uh, and, and more, more the Bible. Firstly, the Bible encourages us to share testimonies. Secondly, there are people who are standing in the gap for you. Don't leave us praying when God has answered a prayer. That's going to be wickedness. If, you, if God has moved in a way and you don't tell us so we can release people, then that is an act of wickedness. It means you don't care. Just leave them there to be crying out to God until God tells them that he has answered the prayer. So the condition is that you must share the testimonies. We're going to get so many testimonies. If you believe that, say amen. 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 So if you write that, then duplicate it because you want to stick it on a wall or put it in your prayer book. Um, and then we will do our part behind the scenes and we'll call you together periodically 25 times in the year um, just to press through on this prayer request hallelujah amen hallelujah father we we just obey and we trust that you will do what you have purposed to do heavenly father 
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Please remember it's important that you share these testimonies as they are happening. And they will start happening from, from the moment you leave this service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you.
It's the story of um, Sennacherib, um, the, the Syrian king, and King Hezekiah. Now, Sennacherib was a ruthless, arrogant man. And he had one of the most powerful war machines that existed in those times. He had conquered nation after nation. And now he had set himself uh, to prepare to conquer Jerusalem and Israel. And so he sent a message to the king. He sent some of his assistants, including a guy called Rabshakeh. And they sent a message to the king. If you look at it, um, there isn't time, but if we t- pick it up from um, Second Kings, 2 Kings, uh, From the 17th chapter. Actually, let's, let's do it from the 19th chapter. Then Rabshakeh said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria. So is the message he sent to Hezekiah. What confidence is this in which you trust? Basically, where is your trust? You speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. He was speaking from a position of strength. He understood that their war machine dwarfed every other country's war machine. And so he said, these are empty words. And in whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Now look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed Egypt. On which if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all who trust in him. Now, at that time, the king was thinking of an alliance with Egypt. He was desperate for help. And he was thinking, maybe if I can create an alliance of other countries, together we can stand against Sennacherib and his war machine. And he was being taunted by Sennacherib, saying, who do you trust? Even the Egypt you're planning to trust have overrun them. And everything you say, Sennacherib said to him, are mere words. There's no power to back up your words. And he goes on, and I think this is where he crossed the line. He goes on to say, but if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Now, therefore, I urge you, give a pledge to my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you 2,000 horses if you are able on your part to put riders on them. I mean, this guy's just mocking these guys. saying, I will give you the horses. You can't even find those to ride on it. Just forget about this, your God. Forget about your alliances and just pledge yourself. To the king of Assyria. He says, how then will you repel one captain of the least of my master's servants and put your trust in Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Have I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Then 
Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, Shibna, and Joah said to Rabshakeh, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it, and do not speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. I mean, they were, they were, they were so intimidated. They said to him, It's okay, you're taunting us, but speak to us so that the whole nation does not hear and become demoralized. At least, we understand Aramaic. Why don't you speak in that language? But what does Rabshakeh do? The Bible says he stood up and called out with a loud voice in Hebrew and spoke saying, of course he wanted to intimidate them. Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, do not let Hezekiah deceive you for he shall not be able to deliver you from his hand, nor let, nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make peace with me by a present, and come out to me, and every one of you eat from his own vine, and every one of you from his own fig tree, and every one of you drink waters of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive groves and honey, that you may live and not die. But do not listen to Hezekiah, lest he persuade you, saying, the Lord will deliver us. What was he saying to them? You better trust the king of Assyria. And that temptation will come to trust something else apart from God. He says, the king of Assyria will take care of you. You will be a slave, but at least he will make sure that you're okay. And then he goes on to now give them examples of what they have done. Where are the gods of Hamath and Apad? Where are the gods of Sephavaim and Hena and Iva? Indeed, they have delivered Samaria from my hand. Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their countries from my hand? That the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand. He was taunting God now. That, that what's your God going to do? I want to say to someone that some people have said that about you. This year, they will know what your God can do. And this is my instruction to you. The people held their peace and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was, do not answer him. I'm saying to you, don't answer them. And don't get involved in talks with Satan. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, Shibna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words of Rabshakeh. And so it was when King Hezekiah heard it that he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. Then he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, Shibna the scribe and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. And they said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy. For the children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of Rabshika, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to reproach the living God, and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. There isn't time. Let me just go to where I want. Okay, go on to verse 14. And Hezekiah received the letter. Now, he wrote all these things in a letter. And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, this is our prayer point. 
O Lord God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. You see, all those things you've written are not primarily about you. If you wrote them by the Spirit, they are about God's plans and purposes for your life. They are about how God will position and use you for his kingdom. The reason we are praying for them to come to pass is not for you to luxuriate in the answered prayer. It is to prepare and position you for what God will do with you. Ultimately, if those things were written by the Spirit of God, they are about the living God. Can someone say amen? amen. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord our God, I pray, save us from his hands, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. Why are we saying you, you should share these testimonies? Is that people may know that you serve a living God. That people may know that your family worships the living God. That people may know that he is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. That people may know that he's a miracle-working God. That people may understand that when he closes a door, no one can open it. When he opens a door, no one can close it. That people may know that this isn't the God that is created by the, work, by the hands of men, but this is the only true and living God. That people may know that he is truly the Alpha and Omega. That people may know that he's the beginning and the end. That people may know that he's the creator of the ends of the earth. That people may know that he's the one who, who created everything that we see that people may know that all power does belong to him and him alone that people may know that your service of him your worship of him has not been in vain that people may know by your testimony that it pays to serve and follow this god that this 2023 the lord may advertise himself through your life in jesus name And this is, has to be the answer. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, and this is what I'm saying to you today, first day of the year. First says the Lord God of Israel, because you have prayed to me against Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, I have heard. <laughs> You're going to pray in a few minutes, but I can tell you before you even start praying that God says, I have heard. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Now, for a few minutes, you know, prophetic action matters a lot to me when I, when I feel the leading of the Spirit of God for those actions. You're entering the throne room of God. The Bible is clear that Jesus 
because he has gone through the heavens and is seated on the right hand of God. He has made a way, so we come before a throne of grace. The Bible assures us that there are certain things that are guaranteed at that throne of grace. You will have grace and mercy to help you in your time of need. The prayer points are an expression of need. We want to bring them before God. We want to say, God, this is my prayer request for 2023. You're not the God that was created by the hands of men. You are the only true and living God. You declare a thing and it comes to pass. Job says, who can thwart or pervert the purposes of God? It's unheard of. That God will say something and somebody will stand against it is unheard of. And so you want to bring it before God and say, God, this year, these are my petitions. And I'm asking that you will hear them today and as we stand in the gap for them. And give me the testimony or testimonies to share. Now, of course, we know from Luke 18 that the reason that the woman couldn't get what she she wanted the widow was because her adversary stood against her. We understand that. We're not foolish enough to, 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 to join this modernized adulteration of Christianity that does not understand that we wrestle against an organized hierarchy of wickedness. They don't want us to get in. Paul says there are powers. If Paul says something has power, it has power. But thankfully, The the real power, all the power belongs to our God. And he says, the battle is not yours, but it's mine. So let's come before God, please. I mean, you know, you can can cry out in a sophisticated way or you can just pour your heart out to God for a few minutes. Choose what you like. But let's just come before God. And let's just bring those prayer requests one by one. Let's lock them down in prayer one by one. Go on. Come before God. Go on, come before God. Come before God. Come before God. Somebody can sort it out. Someone can sort it out on the first day of the year. Go on, come before God. Come before God. Go on, bring it before God. Father, I come before you. Go through those prayer requests one by one. Go on. Go on, go on, come before God. Come before God. Father, we lift it up to you, O God, Father. We ask, O God, that you will just honor this prayer request, O God. For some people have written some things that seem impossible, but you know he's the God who does the impossible. I'm joining my faith with yours to believe that he will bring it to pass. Go on, go on, go on, go on, please. We want to, we want to, we want this to be the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person. So rise up in prayer. Rise up in prayer. Rise up in prayer. Go on, rise up in prayer. Lift your voice in prayer. Rise up in prayer. It is a time of contention, really, because you want to establish certain things. You want to establish certain things. It's not a time to be fancy. Uh, It's not a time to be concerned about who is next to you. It's a time for you to contend in prayer. Contend in prayer. 
Let it be that the heavens record that the first day of the year you spent it contending in prayer. Oh God of mercy, oh God of mercy. Father, we come to you, O God, the God of all flesh. There's nothing that is too hard for you, O God. Father, we bring this request. We wrote them by your spirit, O God. Father, give each one of us a testimony, O God. Father, you can do it, O God. We're asking for reversals. We're asking for open doors. We're asking for a turnaround. We're asking for something to be established. We're asking, Father, for something that has closed to be opened. That's what we're asking. And we can't come to anyone else but you, Heavenly Father. We lift our voices this morning. We come with the understanding that we serve a God who answers prayers. We raise our voices. We petition you. We come with supplications, O oh God. We acknowledge our weaknesses that we can't do it without you, O oh God. But we know that you can do it, Heavenly Father. And we give you all the glory in advance. I know some of you didn't know, didn't, didn't know you were coming for a prayer meeting, but that's what this is. It's a prayer. We start the year praying. Father, hear our cry, O God. Father, hear our cry. Hear your daughter's cry. See her tears, O God. Let it not be in vain, Heavenly Father. Surely you can turn it around. You can make a way where there wasn't a way, Heavenly Father. Oh God of mercy, oh God. We come with supplications, oh God, before you. We supplicate before your throne, Heavenly Father. We supplicate concerning those requests, oh God. We supplicate, oh God, and ask that you move to glorify your name. Father, this will not be consumed on our own lust, but will bring your, your name glory, Heavenly Father. The creator of the ends of the earth, we call out to you. We say, have your way, Father. Reverse it, oh God, Father. Reverse it, O oh God. I join my favor and declare concerning your daughter, it cannot stand. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, our own Sennacherib, our adversary, stands against her, against him. We say, grant her justice, Heavenly Father. Grant him justice, O oh God. O oh God of mercy, Oh God, Arimando Lobosto, Bradi Labosto, Father, hear our cry, O oh God, as is to call out. And we are calling out, Heavenly Father. You say we should call out, and we call out, O oh God. Hear our call, Heavenly Father. We declare an alignment, an alignment, an alignment, an alignment with your plans and your purposes, an alignment with what you have declared and decreed, an alignment with your promises, O God. Go on, The Bible doesn't say we don't wrestle at all. The Bible says we wrestle against an organized hierarchy of wickedness. But we overcome in that wrestling. We declare that we will overcome to the glory of God. I join my faith with all your pastors to your prayer requests. I say, God of mercy. 
out of mercy, out of compassion. Hear your daughter and hear your son, O God. Father, do what only you can do, O God. Father, we believe, so let the impossible be to us because we believe. Oh God of mercy, Father, we lift it up, oh God. We lift it up, oh God. We bring it before the God of the whole earth, the ancient of days. Father, show yourself mighty to the glory of your name, not that we may consume it on our own lusts, but to the glory of your name. Lord, I have declared you to be the God who answers prayers. Let that be your son's testimony. We bless you, God. Malasto. We thank you, God. Zeboroboso. Rabishta. Labrisa. Lebrosikanda. Brokulaye. Father, see her tears, oh God. She has come to the end of herself, oh God. We bless you, Father. We thank you, God. Father, you have promised grace upon grace. Favor upon favor. That's what you've promised. Let that be her portion, his portion. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We honor you, O God. We glorify your name. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you. We bless you, O God. We bless you, O God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Lord, we just bring this request to you. We'll, we'll obey every instruction. Our eyes are on you. You're able to do what you have promised. We thank you. We bless you. We give you praise and glory. Testimonies will abound. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.